be an ecumenical matter. Hello and welcome to Ecumenical Matters, the Father Ted podcast. Today we're discussing season two, episode two, Think Fast, Father Ted. Uh, I'm here today with Marcus Keady, an improv artist and actor and comedian. How are you doing today, Marcus? I'm all right. Uh, how are you? I'm grand, yeah. Thanks very much for asking. What are you getting up to at the minute? Yes, part of uh, Wonder Frog in the Black Box. We have our next show is in the Black Box on July 20th. 20th of July, lovely. So it'll be coming up soon whenever we actually get this episode out. Yes. It'll be quite soon. Do you reckon there'll still be tickets left? I know these are quite popular. Yeah, no, there should be. I would say, yeah, yeah. there's, there's, a, there's a small chance there'll still be plenty of tickets left. Ah, so, good, good. Um, but you can always just turn up on the door. But we do like tickets. Real brilliant. Well. well, if you go, I'll hope you see there as well, because I'll try and make it down as well, just okay. to see what you're up to. That's one that's on record as well. So. It is now, yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, uh, we have him back. He's been away on a bit of a sabbatical to two different places around the world, LA and then Barcelona. We have Ash back on the desk. Hello. Can you hear yourself, Ash? Uh, yeah, it sounds a bit weird through the headphones, though. But yeah, we're here to talk about uh, Season 2, Episode 2, Think Fast, Fathered Head. Now, I brought this up last week, Marcus. The titles of the episodes are very nondescript. Like, if you heard the word Think Fast, Fathered Head, what kind of episode do you think we're chatting about? Uh, po- possibly a quiz or something to, to do with the mind, really, if he has to think fast. But obviously, think fast just means he's in some sort of of a problem but then he is in every episode yeah it's like you say it could really be anything they're similar to the episode titles of bottom where it would just be one word and you would have to then put bottom in front of it so there'd be bottoms like up or out or episodes and it took me a long time to realise oh they're making a joke I get it now right okay so the episode would be bottom up it would just be titled up so then you'd have to decide does that mean bottom up or up bottom because you have to put bottom into the title somewhere. Oh, it's a very okay. cerebral joke for such a vulgar show that it was, but um, <laughs> like Father Ted, it's one of those ones where you would watch it when you were younger and you can keep going back to them and seeing different jokes or getting what they actually meant in that. Yeah, well, it's funny, you're the first one to bring up bottom, actually, uh, in this podcast. We've had a lot of comparisons to the young ones and stuff, but mm. they are the sort of same end of the comedy spectrum, if you want yeah. to call it that way. Uh, they are very anarchic and they are very, yeah. you know, there is slight surrealism to it. Bottom's obviously much more cartoonish. Yeah. Although there is elements of the cartoonishness in Ted, isn't there? Yeah, a lot of the uh, physical violence and maybe not as much smut as you would get in Bottom, but um, definitely in terms of people getting hit over the head or falling through windows or people dying and coming back to life, that sort of thing. Yeah, that, well, would, exactly. that would happen. It is quite cartoonish. Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. What we open with is Jack. He's <coughs> getting leaked on because the roof was broken. Mm-hmm. So he's actually getting a very primitive version of Chinese water torture mm-hmm. going on where it's all just leaking directly onto his head. Mm. And uh, it must be nightmares for him. Well, thankfully, he's unconscious through, uh, well, I'll take a guess, alcoholism, perhaps. Maybe tiredness brought on by drinking, but um, he seems to be happy enough where he is, um, to the extent where that's what he says when they actually move him across the room. That leak is getting worse, Dougal. I think we'll have to move himself and put that bucket under it. Right, fair enough, Ted. I'm a happy camper! Well, yeah, yeah. he's a happy camper, um, but that might just be some of his uh, strange dreams that he's prone to having. I, I, I just couldn't figure out whether he's trying to be whether he's taking the piss with, by saying that. Yeah, it's... Oh, I'm a happy camper now. He has, he is sarcastic from time to time, but I think it is just his brain spitting out whatever was happening in his head as he was sleeping. So it might have been some sort of carry-on style camping adventure in his head with a maybe more wet t-shirt competition <laughs> where he's been, he's being dragged around. But um, he did seem to be reasonably happy at that happening. He did, he did. And I'm, I'm surprised, actually, that line... I'm a happy camper! <laughs> I don't know how that's not more remembered as one of his lines, because that, to me, is one of the funniest lines in today's show. In fact, I would nearly put that down as a line of the show. Yeah, it's it's similar to the, the hurry Japanese bastards that he threw, where it's just such a non-sequitur. You're like, oh, you think that would be remembered as well, but it's I'm a happy camper, isn't it, for some yeah. reason? Well, hopefully we're we'll changing all that now. We'll make mm-hmm. that one of the classic lines of the show. Yeah, it, Get could, it could be one of those things where... Because I was listening to, not related to Father Ted, but Arnold Schwarzenegger was on a, a podcast and he was talking about how his lines always come back to him as well and people always come up and say things um, like, you know, I'll be back and all the typical ones. But yeah. he said it was only in like a few generations after Predator come out, the line Get to the Chopper became popularised. He said, yeah. whenever the movie came out, no one was saying Get to the Chopper and all these kids now, they're all saying. He's <laughs> just like, that's that's a line that's come out over time rather than one of the, the classic lines in the film. So it could be that with I'm a Happy Camper. Uh, the first time I heard that line uh, out of context was actually in an Eminem song, I believe. Uh, get to the Chopper? Yeah. Or I'm a Happy Camper? Uh, get, get to the Chopper. <clears throat> he was, um, I'm Arnold, get down. 
Come on. Come on. No, uh, get to the top. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he says in that song, what is it? Uh, something like me. Ass like that. Ass like that. Ass like that. Yeah. Ass like that. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. <laughs> I'm going to find it. I'm going to try and put it on the clip. Stick it on the post. end. Uh, Ted doesn't like Dougal watching TV. He calls it chewing gum for the eyes. Yeah. Is that something you're in agreement with? Pretty much, yeah. I don't like to watch too much uh, TV, but I, I love uh, Dougal's response, which I thought was another one of the more underrated ones where he just goes, ah, no thanks, Ted. Yeah. <laughs> just, and then the idea of having chewing gum for the eyes is just... In a way, he's one step ahead of uh, Father Ted by going, well, no, that, that would be a horrible idea. Yeah. Um, so I quite enjoyed that line, but that's another one which yeah, I think would be more popularised. But It just sort of passed, passed by. But I'll tell you so what, I fucking hate chewing gum. The very idea of chewing gum, it's, mm. it's, it's sacrilegious. If you chew something, you're supposed to swallow it. That's God's way. You're getting, you're getting the stomach and the gums excited for something that ultimately they're not going to get. Exactly. You're just you're, uh, mouth-teasing, digestion tease. Yeah, I mean, that can't be good for your innards. Like, if uh, no. if your 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 stomach's secreting like acid in anticipation yeah. of like getting a full a full whack of food, and then it never just, actually appears, you just deny it. But then, if you swallow the chewing gum, that can that can present all sorts of different issues. Yeah, it starts tying your all your major arteries together and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what I was led to believe. Yeah, <laughs> um, and if you eat um, seeds, a tree will grow in you. This is also true. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you never eat apples <clears throat> all the way into the middle. No, when people have chewing gum. They don't know what to do with it, so they just stick it under chairs or under tables or something. Or You're on, just even on the ground. Yeah, it's a, it's a public menace. Yeah, but people are gonna do what they're gonna do. They want to chew stuff. Well, That's you know, it. weed is banned, but chewing gum's not. What kind of world is this? Well, you don't chew weed, do you? I'm sure, there's a outlet where you could if you could were try. You could you try get weed chewing gum. Hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure somebody in Amsterdam could probably sell you some weed chewing gum. Not for the eyes, though. Not for the eyes. Yeah, yeah. keep it away from the eyes. No thanks, Ted. <laughs> do. Is actually eating stuff and he's got his crisps here, so just let's clip there actually, and see what he has to say for himself. Anyway, I've got these crisps here. Look, Ted, this is what I do I get a cheese and onion one and a salt and vinegar one, and I eat them in the same go. What a revelation that is two, two flavour crisps in one go. Well, exactly, that's four flavours he's getting cheese, onion, salt, and vinegar all in one, one morsel. Is that the optimal you know, flavour combination, do you reckon? Well, I would take the vinegar out. Apart from the vinegar, <coughs> that seems like quite a nice combo to me. Salt, cheese and onion? Yeah. Mm, I don't know, something like smoky bacon and maybe prawn cocktail. Because they're, they're both kind of smoky as well. I think they, they might work. So you haven't had prawn cocktail in absolute years. Potato prawn cocktail is the only one to go with them. Yeah, well, that's the other thing I was about to bring up. Did you notice what type of potato we had? What type of crisps they had or what well, type of potato? what type of potato? What's that? It would be the southern tato? Yeah, it was the free state tato. Yeah. The, the inferior tato, in my opinion. That a lot of people say otherwise, but... Yeah, you know, free staters say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. There's a, there, You'd see uh, uh, boxes and bags of tato in... Uh, there's a couple of different documentaries I've seen where you'd see uh, bags of tato in the background. This is somewhere in America, and you're like, this is amazing. Yeah. And it's northern tato as well. Ah, uh, good. Proper tato. But you thought, given that they, they filmed that over in London, the northern tato might have been easier to get, or I guess Graham and... Arthur just grabbed a couple of bags on their way over. They might have done. Um, see, there is a thing over <coughs> in London, uh, I was living there for a few years, that Tesco had the corner of an aisle of just Irish produce. Oh, right. And uh, it was it was a southern tato that they would have stocked. Mm. So it might have been easier, but I don't know if Tesco were necessarily doing that back in the mid-90s. No, probably not. But Although, there's southern chocolate is better. The, which chocolate? Dairy milk. Dairy milk, southern. Is there a difference? I've never noticed the difference. It's creamier. Oh, okay. Yeah, it is, yeah. I Check that out next I time. I will, I will. They can't win the crisps, they could win the chocolate. Yeah, I think they are, especially as the, the chocolate has now been taken over and by Americans, I think. And oh, yeah, craft, uh, craft taken and so. so. But the South is still strong. They, they've kept it, they've they've kept kept it, it so pure. Far. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant. So uh, Dougal uh, and Ted realise that they're going to they're gonna have to fix this roof and they have to come up with an idea of how they're going to get some money. Think, Dougal, how can we raise some money? Mm. Yes, mm. I know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think so, Ted. Yes! <laughs> but now, wait, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I mean, it is a big step, and uh, where are we going to get the guns? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, wait a minute now. Actually, I, I might have been thinking about something different. <laughs> you thought we were going to rob a bank, didn't you? I did, yeah. <laughs> well, Drew, this isn't a Bruce Willis film. I was thinking more along the lines of a raffle. Do you know any Bruce Willis films off the top of your head? 
Never have a heist, the bank heist. I was thinking that whenever whenever I rewatched the episode, I was thinking what Bruce Willis films around then would have been popular, like Die Hard, obviously. But that's kind of a heist movie. But Bruce Willis isn't the one robbing the place. No, it's uh, Al Rickman. It is Al, Um, the late great. um, Everyone's dead now. Mm-hmm. It's it's a bit it's a bit worrying. For I was going to bring that up later actually, but I'll bring it up now. Uh, speaking of everyone dead, Dermot Morgan just this weekend actually has had a plaque dedicated to Ooh. him in Dublin. Uh, so the plaque says, "Pioneering Irish comedian, creator, and co-writer of radio satire, uh, Scrap Saturday, BAFTA-winning star, Father Ted was born and lived most of his life in Mount Marion." And there's a little pla- plaque, Dermot Morgan, 1952 to 1998, huh. actor, writer, iconoclast, and satirist. What's an iconoclast? I don't know. Like, um, well, if you break it down, uh, Icono, Icon, Icon. Yeah. He was a sort of, like it says, there, a pioneer of what he did. Could be that. I don't know. I, I don't know. I've, I've I've heard the word before. Just yeah. never actually got a definition of it. But I just wanted to bring <coughs> bring that up in the episode. That's nice. That came up in my uh, research this morning, actually. So it must be very new. But uh, yeah, so they, they want to wake uh, Jack up, and you notice they have to use like a ten foot barge pole. Yes, to uh, telescopic as telescopic, well. Telescopic, so easy storage. That's it. Yeah, uh. I mean, <clears throat> why, why everything in the world isn't telescopic? You know, mm. why, why not make drain pipes that are telescopic so you, you know you can pack about twenty of them into a van and then just release them up the way. That sounds. That sounds like when, when they take the roads in in Craig Island. So it's not raining. So let's take the drain pipes down. Yeah, and just pop them back up when they're needed. <laughs> just the, as and when. Yeah, ad hoc. And we get an introduction to Father Finnegan, the dancing priest. Well, before before we actually introduce him himself, he was done a, a walk across America, well, he did a dance across America, mm-hmm. and he got mugged every 15 miles. Mm-hmm. So even back then, America had this... Uh, this Reputation. Of being uh, a lawless... And dance-hating nation. Yeah, yeah. And of course today, uh, this very morning, we've had a, another tragedy in Orlando, where a nightclub had a mass shooting. Yeah, it's dance-related. Yeah, so, I mean... Uh, I heard a stunning statistic. This is a hundred and seventieth odd mass shooting in America this year. The seventh this week. Yeah. So getting mugged every fifteen miles, you actually did all right, I think. Every fifteen miles. How how wide is America? Like, what's the average then? How how many times would you have got mugged? Well, I think it's about three and a half thousand miles across, isn't it? So fifteen. This is pretend miles mumbling. So that's quite a lot. Two hundred times, I would say. Yeah. So that's, yeah, it is quite a lot. Yeah. How many how many times wallets would you have to buy? After, say, the third or fourth, you'd probably think, you know what, I'll just stop carrying money on me. Well, yeah, I don't carry cash, but American society sort of forces you to carry cash. Yeah. Like, you know the way we can have everything on card now, and, like, contactless cards, you never really yeah. need to have cash on you. Whereas in America, like, they charge you every time you use your ATM to yeah. get your own money out, so you necessarily want to get out as much as possible in one transaction. Yeah, they still use the, the, the swipe as well. Chip and pin is still not being embraced very much yeah the whole idea that you just swipe the card like you see in American films which I've never seen done here even you know when I was younger chip and pin they're not willing so they're actually going to skip the whole chip and pin and move to contactless oh okay because right. people just get upset they're like why do I have to put the card in the machine why do I have to remember a pin number and all this apparently it's quite upsetting and all the technologies are but it's just they don't implement it because they don't like it yeah they don't like change over there do they I do remember a bit in Home Alone do you remember in Home Alone 2 when he, he goes into the flashy hotel <coughs> and he's got he's got his dad's credit card mm-hmm. and they have this machine this contraption where it just sort of slides something across the top of the credit card and then slides it back and that's the transaction yeah it, it, that creates like a sort of like it's almost like a photocopy or receipt where they have an imprint of the card just so the card number if it? they need the details they have later I think I, I've used that once or twice in my life when I worked in a shop Right. And it was very, very odd. It was like a paper slicer machine. It was very strange. Yeah, it looked like a guillotine or something. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's very odd. But yeah, they just take um, an imprint of the card details. And then they charge it afterwards, I suppose, yeah. Aye. Oh, so, okay. well, uh, foolproof, we, foolproof cash methods for yeah, everybody yeah. there. Yeah, just th- throw your cash everywhere. Oh, Ted, come on in. Will you join me? What? Bean dancer? Oh, no, I'm not much of a dancer now. Oh, come on, Ted. Prayer isn't the only way to praise God, you know. And it keeps you fit as well. All right, then. You said something on the phone about taking a loan at a car. Uh, yes, you'd be doing us a great favour. Oh, don't be silly. Just take care of it. Don't give it away in a raffle or something. Ha, ha, ha. Somebody said they saw you on television recently in a documentary. You were in Belfast or something. That wasn't me. That was a younger fella ripped off the idea. Don't like talking about him. 
they need to get a car off Father Finnegan because he's just got the lend of one off the uh, mm-hmm. off the priests or off the <clears throat> off the diocese. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So they want to use that as a cash prize. Basically, they're going to lend, take borrow the car, use it as a prize in a raffle, which mm-hmm. they can use to fundraise, and then yeah. fix the raffle so they can get to give the car back. Yeah, because they um, uh, somehow managed to damage the car irreparably by hitting it with a hammer. Yes. Over and over and over again. Um, which, uh, when watching it again, I was surprised that the car was actually functional. Like, how they did manage to actually drive it despite all of it hanging off. Well, yeah, I think it was all purely aesthetic damage, mm-hmm. and that all he was doing was just putting dents into the, into the you know the metalwork. But yeah, he did drive it all the way to Father Finnegan's house. Somehow, which, <laughs> which we can assume is on the mainland somewhere, since it was a overnight drive to get there. That's what I thought as well, because Craigie Island's quite small. So if they were driving all night, either Craigie Island is much bigger than we realise, or they don't know where they're going, or he was on the mainland. I I think he was on the mainland. I'd, you see, they made a big issue in the third series where they called one of the episodes The Mainland. Where they went there, so... Yeah, as if they'd never left the island, but, you know, mm. we've been discussing, they've actually left the island quite a few times already yeah. in the series. Like, it wasn't that big a thing. I think it was just that episode... It was just called The Mainland, the, because that's where it happened, The mostly. whole stuff happened, yeah. Because it do seem that, in that later episode, they are very casual about it, and how Mrs. Doyle's meeting her friend, and going to get Jack's prescriptions. So it must be a fairly, off, you know, fairly... Recurrent thing that they do that we just don't see very often. Yeah, so they just hop, hop over to the mainland. Um, but I, I enjoyed watching the episode because it was one of the few mentions of Belfast when he's talking to Father Finnegan, um, where Ted he gets to the end of the car and uh, he says, uh, "Oh, I think you're on a, a TV documentary, something about Belfast." And I guess no, no, that was another fella. He ripped it off. Don't like talking about it. You're <laughs> um, just like the only mention of Belfast is whenever someone's stole something, stole the idea off him. Well, um, I don't know where they would possibly get the idea of somebody, you know. Living off somebody else's talent and just in Belfast, surely not. No, no like I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't know if somebody somebody tried to impersonate sort of mm-hmm. famous characters or anything. That that would be that would be disgusting, wouldn't it? No, I'm glad it never ever happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially not in the Grand Opera House around Christmas with me and Joel. <laughs> no, just just nothing but 100 percent pure, honest, uh, original ideas. Exactly. Full of new things. Well, we we do try. We do try mm-hmm. in Belfast. In fact, there is actually quite a vibrant creative mm-hmm. enterprise in Belfast, and just nobody's chatting about it. Because in the south, they're all over at Dublin, mm-hmm. and over in our mainland, if you want, yeah. uh, they're all chatting about London and maybe Manchester every so often. They're yeah. not even chatting about Manchester anymore. They're only chatting about London. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of stuff happening in Belfast that I don't think is getting the sort of coverage or yeah. the attention it deserves. Well, it depends how long that's going to go on for before everyone just gets properly fed up and goes. Nah, I'm away. I, I know tons of people have just fucked away off to London, and that's that's been the end of them. Like you know. Well, see, I I was in London. I was one of those people. I moved mm-hmm. to London, and what I've noticed since I've come back here is that everyone I've known in London is actually moving away from there because you can't just live in London yeah. and do anything creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's pricing everyone out. Like it's not just the accommodation; it's everything, like the price of travel and all. Yeah. And just you know, it's a bit hectic and stuff, <clears throat> and you'd be scratching out like theatre prices and stuff and higher mm. end prices it's just yeah you can't do it so what's happened to us we'll just move to Milton Keynes I, th- I think there will be there was remember uh, a few years ago I think it was Stoke I want to say there was like a street where every house in the street was on sale for like a pound as long as you as long as you fixed it up and did it it was yours the council bought them all and sold them, wanted to sell them yeah, that's mad why, why there was nothing made into a little artist's haven where they could just you know Everyone go in, live in these yeah. rundown houses. They wouldn't have fixed them up, though, would they? Well, they would have brightened them up, at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would have been plenty happening in them, but yeah, not, exactly. not, not much else. The original car they had, did you notice the number plate? No, what was the number It was plate? 96D1000. No one in Republic of Ireland number plates like I do. Mm. That's actually a very difficult number plate to get. So basically, the Republic of Ireland number plates, 96 means the car was registered in 1996. Okay. D means it was registered in Dublin. Yeah. Uh, and 1,000 means there's 1,000 car re- registered in Dublin. Oh, wow. Now, the ones registered in Dublin, the first number, the set number, are all government cars or buses and stuff. So this is a very a very prestigious car they've got their hands on and managed to uh, yeah. managed to break with the thousandth, hammer. The thousandth Dublin car in 1996. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, it must have been, it must have had some, like, uh, official purpose, because if it gets a, a registration like that, yeah, what was the was the second car uh, any interest in registration? Well, that had a temporary reg. I noticed it was like the black shield, uh, black plated <coughs> one. Oh, I see. So uh, I do remember my aunt bought a car down south, and when she brought it up north, had to have one of those uh, black plated ones. But she could only have it on for a month or something, and then she had to get the, the registration. registration. Yeah. Right. Hmm. 
So have you ever done that? So Ted just tries to trap out a dent, and mm-hmm. of course, in trying to fix it, he's making it slightly worse and slightly worse. And at the end, you finally mm-hmm. got to the point where you just it's, ruined everything. That's right. I had this today actually. I was trying to I was trying to help my mum with a new phone. I had an old phone. I decided to give her a phone because it was better than one she had. And her SIM card was bigger than um, what could fit in the phone. So I was looking at going. Well, I was looking up videos of how to cut around the SIM card and get it exactly right. And I'm not the best at that type of thing. So what did I do? Right, I'll go into the O2 shop. So I'll go all the way into town and say, can you give me like a nano SIM card or cut around this for me because I'm an idiot and I don't know how to do anything properly. The guy was like, yeah, no problem. And he took it off me. And he just popped the SIM off. It just, <laughs> it just bends through the plastic. It's built that way. And he handed it to me and I went, right. Is that it, I? He goes, aye, that's it. <laughs> right, all the way into town. All the way back for uh, five minutes of, not even, just 10 seconds, just... Just to, just to snap it out. Yeah. He could have been worse. He could have took it to the back and stayed there, stood there for like ten minutes, made a phone call or something himself, and yeah. then brought it back and said that's going to be twenty five pounds. I know. I was I was hoping that they seemed to be in a good mood and there wasn't that many people in there, so they were just probably just looking to go home. So we're like, ah, yeah, mate, that's it. I was like, okay. ah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that could have been something where I would have destroyed the SIM card trying to do it myself. So Ted probably should have just brought it to somewhere and just got to be dent. Well, I mean, it, it's a tiny dent. I mean, if you want a card and it had a tiny little dent in it. Would you be that annoyed? Yeah, he's, he's going to give it away, so he'd lose money going to get it fixed. Yeah. And he only hit someone on a bike, so you know I wouldn't cause that much damage. <laughs> well, this is true. He hit somebody, and uh, he seems to hit and run them as uh, well, because he did say, oh, I saw him getting up. Uh, he got up. <laughs> yeah. He's all right. When Ted realises that he has actually he's fucked the car up, including folding the bumper, I don't know how he managed to fold the bumper perfectly mm. with a tiny little hammer they had, but he managed to fuck the car up anyway, and uh, when he realised, it was actually getting him um, uh, quite anxious. Ever do it again. So another example of uh, Dougal's uncharacteristic competence there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was actually he was the one with his head screwed on, but I think it was only because he didn't understand the gravity of the situation. Yeah, or or the the story called for uh, Ted to be calmed down, so Dougal had to do it. <laughs> the old-fashioned way with a good skate across the face. A good head slap. Yeah. Um, but I did I did enjoy that where almost instantly Ted just goes, Ah no, I probably didn't need that don't ever do it again yeah. sort of that malice behind it where it's like the status change is very very brief where Ted is like right I'm in control now and don't you ever try and do anything like that again yeah. um, in case uh, Dougal gets any ideas but it was very sort of clear headed of Dougal to just slap him and he was giving him sort of reasonable yeah he's trying to actually he'll be okay don't worry about it um, you know whereas in most cases Dougal I don't think he would never have said anything like that, you know. But if it calls for it, then it happens, and it's brief enough. So, well, he, he was—he was trying to co- uh, talk him off the ledge, and he was doing reasonably mm-hmm. okay with it. Like usually, he makes things much worse. Yeah, they come up with an idea to fix the raffle, as we mentioned, and they go and they want to visit our dancing priest. Uh, on their way there, though, they run into a pack of crows. Well, a murder of crows—that's that's the, that's the <laughs> phrase, isn't it? Yeah. A mur- is it a part? What's a parliament? A parliament of ravens? Is it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Parliament, I know it's something quite almost re- yeah. regal and sort of more respectful than murder. And murder of um, But yeah, they, they like to terrorise Jack, don't they? They're, they're, um, they do, they absolutely love him. Um, but it's a clear, clearly a Hitchcock reference, so another mm-hmm. uh, another horror film. They're big fans of the horror films in this show. Yeah. They have a lot of uh, little tiny references to, to great horror films and stuff. What I've noticed today as well, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compile a list of this for the, for the final episode, Jack is quite a significant drinking cabinet if we were to put everything that yeah. he drinks over the course of the show into it. Mm-hmm. So today he added Vic's nasal spray. Have you ever tasted that or any? No, um, but I can imagine it wouldn't be that pleasant. Um, although Jack seemed to quite enjoy it. Is there even any alcohol in it? I think it's ju- it's mostly just the um, what do you call it? Like methylated, um, well not any methylated spirits, but just full of. Um, nasal and blocking power it probably it does smell quite strong so in his state he probably did oh it smells like booze I'll just drink it anyway yeah well um, it probably did work quite well because just the sheer 
overload of that the Clemsol into, yeah. uh, into your system there. Well, since he did that, he did, there was no real more coughing or sneezing from him, so it must have worked. It, yeah, it must have worked, actually, yeah. No, he didn't. He was all right from then on. So well, the, as all right as he can be, like, but... So the delivery of Vic's nasal spray is actually oral, then, yeah. is what we can gather from this? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's how one is supposed to administer it. Craggy Not Island Pharmaceuticals 101. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> just chug it down. Whatever it is, just throw it down you and you'll be all right. It'll be grand. It'll be grand. The Dancing Priest actually lives quite a bit away, uh, and on their train, on their car ride home, they put the radio on, and we do have our first Meet Your Maker of the series. Uh, Meet Your Maker is a running gag or running feature we have, where Graham Lennon and Arthur Matthews shows up in the show. Uh, up until now, it was two 0 to Arthur, uh, but Graham actually gets his first goal. Good morning, listeners. This is John Morgan on the John Morgan Morning Show. It's a beautiful day, so let's start off with some Motown magic. So pretty, pretty nondescript mm-hmm. uh, appearance. They just, they just needed somebody to do a radio DJ. Yeah. So I just got him in. I always liked that because uh, that's the same, same name as my uh, granddad. All oh, right, John so Morgan. Whenever the that episode came on the TV, my mom about there's our John, there's <laughs> him on the radio. Uh, I see. Um, Very nice. So yeah, John Morgan. Uh, well, I found out on IMDb that John is actually Dermot Morgan's middle name, so that might have been ah. the whole thing in there. But we uh, reference to him, just yeah, yeah. So they, they come up with a, the plan to cheat, which is basically to give Dougal the easiest number they can possibly remember, number 11, mm-hmm. and uh, just make sure that he's the only one who gets the ticket number 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem was they did go into multiple ticket books, Yeah. and the tickets didn't weren't any different colours. No, they just they were really just burning through them. Yeah. They, um, but maybe that was because, in, in the end, as, as we find out, the, the DJ priest bought uh, quite a lot of them, and... Yeah. He did seem to be checking through them quite quickly, so he probably did have other winning number 11s, but, um, yeah, they ended up, uh, obviously, the Dougal got it in the end. Well, they, we'll, we'll get to that as we're coming to it, but, yeah, they, they had the... I was just wondering, do you think they had more than one number 11 that somebody else got by accident, or were they really on the ball with it and not, not give it away? Yeah, well, I think the DJ Priest probably had loads of 11s, but he was too frantic. Trying to get in. Once he saw that he hadn't won it, he probably didn't check them all anyway. So, well, yeah, the, the DJ. Uh, in fact, we'll we'll uh, introduce him. Twelve fifty-two, the spin master. Do we? Yeah, we got him gambling. Yeah. Yeah. How about a ticket? Fifty p each or four for a pound. Gambling, Ted. Ruined my father and my grandfather. Both of them, Ted, died without a penny to their name. Oh, won't happen to me though. God, it's just for charity. It's not real gambling. Yeah, all right, then go ahead. Great. How many will you take? Two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's not really gambling if you're if you're yeah. buying to win. <laughs> it's for charity, and he's he's definitely gonna win. So he'll get two thousand. Yeah, well, he is hedging his best, like so. Yeah, I felt quite bad for him, just because he obviously has ruined his life. Um, not just through that, as we find out later on as well, he's fending off uh, threatening uh, people over the phone and whatnot. But um, I always felt quite bad for him, um, especially because of that and Harry's not also not a very good DJ but he's not a very good DJ but he does have an incredible GJ setup though yeah like, he had some great uh, equipment there as, as Ted says it's like NASA yeah. how, do you, how do you keep track of it all it's very easy to keep track of when you only have one record though it, so it is true this is the problem but um, yeah no I, felt, I always felt bad for him well it, you think uh, before he stole from Ted and Dougal he could have stole some of his uh, higher end equipment and got closer to some of his gear I yeah. he's probably stolen that though so Possible, yeah. So I was thinking he must have sold all his records, mm-hmm. and that's why he quote unquote forgot them. Yeah, or yeah, he could have sold them all, and or maybe he was just forgetful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it turns out that, as you say, he buys two thousand tickets, and when he's trying to frantically look through them, mm-hmm. it reminded me of. Have you ever been in a bingo hall? Yes. Uh, I've seen women in bingo halls. I, I, I was I was visiting my cousin one time in London, and his girlfriend was really into bingo at the time, and it was bizarre because. Me and him hadn't seen each other for you know a couple of years, and we're trying to you know have a bit of crack. Yeah. Uh, but as soon as we, as soon as the bingo call started, the whole room went silent. Yeah. And then suddenly we were the only ones chatting in this room full of 150 women or something. Yeah. And there was ones with maybe 20 bingo cards in front of them, yeah. frantically trying to keep on top of all of them. They're machines. Them. They're, yeah. It's it's mad. I um I did uh, once go for an interview to be a bingo caller. Oh and really? Did, right. Um, he was explaining the whole system and. I was expecting them to be the bingo balls and all, but it's just all machines and uh, they just flash up and you don't get a chance to properly announce the numbers. You just go blue 34, green 18. You just like go through it on the microphone. So there was no sort of showmanship or, or sort of fun that you could have with it. And he was like, look, mate, just read out the numbers, all right? You're not a game show host. 
And I was like, well, right. this is the appeal, like you know. Yeah. Um, but in the end, I just I found it too stressful. I didn't even, I didn't even go for one one show. So they don't do the two little ducks anymore. Or no, there's no room for all that nonsense, apparently. Yeah, because they do just they rattle through them. Yeah. Like they just deliver them like you know. It is quite. Um, and it's networked all across the UK as well, as far as I could gather. Yeah. So it might we were in one in London. It might have been somebody in Scarborough that actually won the jackpot. Yeah. Like. It's it's absolute madness. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's a proper system. Like it's no fun. It yeah, doesn't seem fun. Like I remember getting toys. We had this little, big, massive, like cage with balls. Yeah. You spin the cage round, and every so often a ball would actually fall through, yeah. and that'd be the one you picked. It's all machines now. Everything's all machine. Or a nice little game to play to get you hooked on the gambling in the first place. Yeah, yeah, quite quite an innocent game until uh, it becomes nationalised. Like yeah. you're saying, <laughs> and it's a whole big uh, racket. But I no bingo. Um, bingo's done by machines. Money's done by machines. Is there a, a, a horse racing still on computers now? You can get computer horses now. Yeah. Um, I remember going to Tibbukies and uh, and with my mate, I was going to see Woking play in a first round FA Cup match, and I thought, oh okay, I'll put a tenner on Woking to support the home team, and he went in and he did the computer book, uh, the computer horse mm-hmm. racing. I was like, do you not realise how open to abuse that is? Yeah. If if seventy percent of people put their put their money in number one, surely they're going to make number eight win. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's, who am, I to, who am I to judge? Do they shoot the, the horses if they don't win on digitally? And Mrs Doyle, but I've been trying to keep a running tally of the many times. go on, go on, uh, go, go on. on. We're up to 29 so far. And this is what, how many episodes? Series 2, episode 2. So, so this is the 8th episode overall. Oh, that's okay. That's not too bad then. Was, there was one episode she said 25. So oh, if you took so that the, one episode out, uh, she's right, only got 4 right. out of 7. So, uh, so um, it must have been just that one episode that popularised it then? I think so, I think yeah. so. But if you can play it there, I sh- what do you say? Again, she doesn't say it in this one. Cup of tea, fathers. No, thanks, Mrs. Doyle. What do you think of her? Yeah, right. Are you sure you want to have a cup? It's a prize in our big raffle. Right, just the drop in your hand, then. Go on inside, Mrs. Doyle. I'll take the tray. All right, father. I'll put the kettle on in case you want some more once you get in. Even when he actually takes the tea off her, she's like, oh, well, I'll have more for you ready when you're, yeah. when you're done with that. But she doesn't actually say it that much. Again, I'm going back to this. Did did she say the the 25 in the last episode, or it, was it in series one? It was in series one. It was the Henry Sellers episode. All ah, right. I made the BBC. <laughs> uh, so I I thought maybe they would have really, you know, went on with the go ons in the second episode or the second series once they realised that people quite liked that, and that's it was more to do with how the viewers liked that catchphrase more than them, but. Obviously, they, f- they filmed all the episodes and then put them out before they could really get the um, the effect of a catchphrase. Well, so. see, this would have been there would have been quite a gap, and I do actually want to speak about the difference of what's mm-hmm. happened between the end of like, first series and second series. But um, they sh- I think she hated doing that. I really do. Because uh, she's, yeah. She doesn't actually show up on, you know, they made a documentary for the 20th anniversary, yeah. and she wouldn't actually she, contribute. She refused to go on. I've, I've, I've read a few interviews with her, and she. Um, she was very much of the opinion that she didn't want to be not so much typecast, but that's the only thing that someone would remember her for. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it's fine. It's that's fine. But the the whole fact that you know, like Darren Morgan passed immediately after, and that documentary was beautiful. It was so yeah. nice and um, got quite emotional watching it. And they went back to the tea house and and, and all that, or the parochial house, which is the tea house. And um, you could even tell from watching that documentary that it seemed a bit. Sar, whenever the whenever she didn't appear, they mentioned her, and she just wasn't there. You, you yeah, kind of got the impression that well, they weren't really happy about that either. Well, see, if if they had to just show the documentary without mentioning that, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I would have noticed or yeah. been reminded that she wasn't there. I would have just thought, assumed that it's a scheduling conflict or yeah. something. But they did seem to make a point of saying we had contractors who didn't want to appear. Yeah. And as you say, I think it is that you know that. She's probably walking down the street every day and still getting. Would you like a cup of tea? Yeah. And in sort of sympathy to her, from we haven't actually seen very much uh, from Mrs. Doyle apart from offers yeah. of tea. Like, and the only other character beat she's got is that she's she hates women. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's pretty much all we've got so far. So. And falling out windows. Yes. So to that too, it's a very you know, from an actor's point of view, you want a really meaty sort yeah. of role, and it was a very sort of one-dimensional rule. Well, then that was the same with Frank Kelly, a wonderful theatrical actor, was not reduced to, but seemed to quite enjoy getting the makeup on, just then fecking ours. Well, that was the other thing you I was going to say. I mean, we're both actors, mm-hmm. uh, we're both trying to make it. Like, it does seem a bit, you yeah. know, for sure, on your it's, high horse. It's so fondly remembered, exactly. and you'll be remembered forever for it. It's a bit, See, especially we, we now, where, where there's, you know, people will be lucky to be known for something like that, exactly, and so universally yeah. liked it. 
But anyway, that's it's it's up to her, like yeah, exactly. You know, but, uh, but that's so I say she probably insisted. Can we not say that anymore? Because I'm getting tortured by it. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes anyway. But we're still at 29. So uh, we've got another addition to our film club as well. There's a Craig Island film club we're going to do. Uh, the Sting, when Dougal gets involved in the uh, in the debauchery of cheating in the raffle that he feels that he's he's Paul Newman and Ted is Robert Redford the other yeah. way around. Have you ever seen this thing? No, I have not. No. It's a it's an enjoyable film. It's uh, it's not going to set the world alight or anything, or it's not going yeah. to break or anything. But it's just it's a fun film to watch yeah. at four p.m. on a hungover Sunday. Like I quite enjoy when when he said that uh, there was a quite a. A visual subtle joke of him talking about how cool they are then accidentally walks on the wrong side of the door yeah <laughs> and then nothing happens and then he just oh right and he just walks around the door I always just enjoy that there's so little to it but it's so funny it's it's actually a brilliant visual gag I have noted it down here uh, so the camera is looking perpendicular to the open door and you just see Dougal walk behind the door from the mm-hmm. camera's perspective and you think nothing of it until he, a second or two later, he just comes back around and actually goes out the door. <laughs> Ted just shakes his head. Yeah. So God. he's managed to walk as far as he could into the wall before realizing, hang on, this isn't the way we yeah. go here, and have to come back around. I've just briefly forgotten how doorways work. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Mrs. Doyle is a stickler for detail because she her looking number is number eleven, mm-hmm. which we know is uh, is has already been has already been assigned to yeah. Google, and she'll have it number eleven or nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any lucky numbers or anything? I quite like the number 47. 47, right? Um, that's I, Hitman, is it not? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, that's why I liked it. Uh, from the Because I had the uh, the original game on PC, and it was full of bugs and didn't really work half the time, and it was very, very difficult. And I quite liked that because through playing it, you, you, f- you figured out the ways that... You, you figured out how to take advantage of the bugs to your own benefit. Ah, okay. So, so you go, well, this door doesn't work, but that's good because then it means no one can come through here either. So it's it was working against the game in ways that the people didn't intend. Um, but yeah, I like forty seven. Oh, uh, I played I played Hitman two. Uh, Silent Assassin. Yeah, on the PS two, and I did actually love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but how did it make forty seven your your lucky number then? Um, just because, I, and it's one of those things where it's um, like confirmation bias, where you are like, oh, I like that number, and then you start noticing it everywhere. I forget the the term for it, but. Um, if you pick a number, you will then start saying it everywhere. It doesn't mean that it's a special number or that it is following you. It's just that you're now noticing it, whereas before you wouldn't have anyway. If somebody asked me for a lucky number, I would just immediately say it's heaven, I suppose. But that's hmm. that's just the, the, the run of the mill one, isn't it? It's like another Bruce Willis film, Lucky Number Slevin. Ah, yes. yeah. It's not seven, though. Slevin. Slevin. Father Ted predates that film, so they couldn't have seen that. Yeah, they couldn't have seen that. I was thinking maybe like one of the westerns or something he did earlier on, but even then, Mm -hmm. like Last Man Standing, I I haven't actually seen that. Is there a bank robbery in that? I don't think so. I think it might just be, um, well, obviously because generic action hero. Yeah, Yeah. here's this. You know, you know what the old films are like. You know, Scooby Scooby Dog Dog and all those rap fellas and all that sort of stuff, where they're just have a vague idea of what's happening, but not really. But I did have fun trying to think, what film could they be talking about? Well, I did, I did go on, on IMDb, but uh, I couldn't find anything in the time I had. Uh, in the background to Father Billy O'Dwyer getting his tickets, you might have heard a Kraftwerk type yes. band that were mm. there to fill up the space. Do you have any opinions on Kraftwerk? Um, they're alright. Like, I like the... the, the other robots. I like the, the, visual, the visual aspect to them, which they, they uh, quite nicely parodied. With just the, the one guy hitting the symbol. That was it. Well, they would have come out around the same time as the Big Lebowski. Mm. Uh, this episode, well, it might have been a few years earlier, actually, who also had a sort of very yeah. heavy Kraftwerk-influenced band. Once Kraftwerk were done, then people were... The sort of go-to pastiche of that sort of thing was then the Blue Man Group, because they had an unusual sort of setup. So yeah. The, it would have been Kraftwerk, the Blue Man Group, and I don't know what people reference now, when they want to make that kind of reference. When they, Yeah, when they want just a, a very striking visual yeah. band or something, I suppose, yeah. What, what kind of building was it, could you figure out? Where? That they had the raffle in. It seemed to be like a... Sports, a, a sports clubhouse or something, I was thinking. Like a sort of social club or, yeah. or something that would probably have normally been a bingo hall or something like that. Because you don't see that in any other episodes. It's not no, it's, it's, a, it's a one-off, it's one-off it's location, a, yeah. Um, but uh, it did seem to be like a, um, like a sort of rural social club you would well, get yeah it, it did it reminded me of actually uh, a couple of GA clubhouses yeah like, yeah something uh, like, like that like a small club like I remember I used to be a member of Tally Ray GA club yeah. and Fintan GA club and uh, yeah they'd have little sort of clubhouses we socials and, and there'd, be a wee, there'd be a pub there where you get drinks for like you know one pound twenty. Yeah. yeah and you'd have all sorts of raffles and stuff and people because it was the only place 
the country ones could actually walk to that all go happening? there. Yeah. Yeah. That did seem to be something like that, eh? Well, in the in one of the uh, one of the rooms there, Jack ran into a priest who maybe wasn't quite up to the entertaining standards that Jack's used to. We run the gas off the electricity and the electricity off the gas, and we save two hundred pounds a year. But then a, a few weeks later, God, I'll never forget it now. We we got a new boiler. Uh, Are you all right there, Father? Help me! <laughs> oh jeez do you ever get cornered by people like that who just yeah, who yeah. insist on talking but have nothing to talk about yeah um, in, my, in my job working in an office and I spend a lot of time on the phone with people like that where you're just trying to get certain bits of information and they will go on and on and on go on go on go on, go on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah no I quite like that character just because the the, the unrelenting just stream of absolute garbage yeah. and nonsense stories where I can see where that we get that that idea of for having that person as a as a priest because you would get people out in the country like that who would just go on and they talk the biggest load of nonsense. Oh yeah, I've I've met I've met a lot of people like that and a lot of what he's chatting about is just household stuff yeah. and mortgages and mm. saving your gas bills and stuff. And I'm the age now where all my friends are getting mortgages, including the person to my left here. But uh, <laughs> you're not you're not the worst. But <laughs> well, the guest the guest was already sorted Eamon had uh, got us on budget energy oh nice yeah. nice yeah we got uh, one of their letters there as well in that uh, in the conversation and later on as well the, the fact that he he does seem to be quite droning and boring but when you actually listen to what he's saying it seems quite mad and quite dangerous and like run the electricity off the gas and the gas off the electricity then later on there's like insurance issues where someone actually saw him drive the car into the wall yeah, and yeah. you're like well his life does despite his constant droning it does seem to be quite exciting yeah. and a bit dangerous this guy um, which is, is interesting but um, I, yeah I can't blame Jack for, for nearly punching him in the face yeah, um, Ted had to actually physically stop Jack. <laughs> it was brilliant timing as well Just because, the, yeah, the, the Father uh, Austin Purcell, his name was, uh, he was winding up to the end of what seemed like the end of a point. Yeah, but he didn't actually get to it, and it just. Ted was, or Jack was just raising his arm ever so slightly and Ted just quickly raised his hand and jumped in but Ted as we've discovered in a few previous episodes absolutely hates silences so he must have loved this guy yeah and he, um, it's a pity he just didn't have enough time to, to have a good dial chat with him yeah I don't know if he would ever have got a, a word in because any time that Ted actually does uh, was it he tries to actually get him to buy a ticket and he goes what sort of tickets are those because you can get them down the shops now and he goes on and on and on so I don't know if you could ever have any sort of meaningful conversation with him but um yeah, God, him and him and uh, Father Stone in the same room would be uh, would be interesting. I don't know who would crack first. Those two would be perfect. If Father Stone wouldn't talk. This guy would talk yeah. endlessly. Should put them in the same parish. Yeah, see how that works out. I mean, there's so many so many brilliant misconnections. Ted seems to be the only one that sees these people together. If only they had more matching yeah. powers. Sounds like a spin-off, doesn't it? We'll it get does. Cool soul going. And yeah. <laughs> So Jack, uh, when stumbling around this clubhouse, he stumbles upon the drinks cabinet, mm-hmm. which was very badly secured, I thought. Yeah, just a big open room full of uh, full of booze, which he's very happy about after listening to him. Yeah. Uh, father Father Purcell, go on and on. And so he sort of um, has has fun with all the, all the booze. But I notice later on when he's actually leaving the room and crushes up a can and goes, need more drink. He's left quite a lot of a drink untouched ah, in the okay. background. Um, I did not notice that. I don't know whether it's because, um, despite him being able to drink everything, he still has some tastes. So if there was like a big, you know, uh, big load of packs of tenants lying there, would Father Jack drink that? I don't think so. Over toilet duck? he go for the toilet duck. So would I. I would too, yeah. I mean, Um, if you're talking about Tenant Super versus, you know, Castrol GTX. Yeah, Castrol all the way. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Clean out your innards too, like. He leaves quite a lot behind, and I've always wondered. Watch, I've always wondered why. Is it just because he doesn't like what's there, but he drinks everything, or is he just so and he really doesn't realise that there's still so much? Well, see, I actually assumed he had drank the bar dry, and he still wanted more. But mm-hmm. maybe, now that you mentioned that, maybe he just couldn't open the packaging. Yeah, could've, because could've they are it. really annoying. I work in bars, opening fucking drinks packets when they're yeah when they're secured is a pain in the arse. Yeah. They went a little. You know, paper cuts just a level up from paper cuts just all over your hands trying to yeah trying to get uh, these things open and we have another another contribution to the Craig Island playlist as well Ghost Town by The Specials mm-hmm. what's your do you have any opinions on that, on that particular tune it is a it's a stone cold classic now in the British yeah. pop lexicon well well, that's it that's pretty much that's why I like it so much because it's the Father Ted national anthem yeah um, <laughs> it's a good song as well though I do um 
I do like it. It is um, very reminiscent of Craig Island itself because it is such a grim, awful place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I like I like the song. Yeah, it's 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 an absolutely brilliant song, and it was it was genuinely groundbreaking at the time. I think mm-hmm. like the actual musicality of it. Yeah. Well, and two tone two tone records, the record label that became then the name of the the genre that that was in yeah. two tone records and the, uh, the specials and. Uh, madness and Vince will be able to chat all about this and Chris Harris is always into it but um, yeah Ghost Town became a number one hit as well mm-hmm. it's a very odd like you can't imagine a song like that being number one these days no no it's um, it is a very unique song but then you know you don't get well you don't get very many unique songs as if I know what I'm talking about but <laughs> uh, those sort, sorts of songs don't become popular now at least it doesn't seem that way it, it, yeah I mean it could just be you know back in my day Blinkerism but I genuinely yeah. don't think that whoever's guarding the gates at the Radio 1 playlist, they are just taking the safer options every yeah. time. Or if they're taking more experimental op- uh, options, they necessarily go for, you know, uh, grime or, you know, dance yeah. music or that sort of thing and that sort of end of it. Um, so, you know, maybe this year a new band will come out and just completely wipe the floor with everything we said. And just get Ghost Town too. Yeah, they? with the new Nirvana. Mm. Everyone's going to be the new Nirvana. <laughs> Never materialises. Dougal, of course, wins the raffle. He doesn't quite realise. No, he doesn't understand um, how numbers work, unfortunately. It seems that way, yeah. Where he um, he has number 11, and Ted repeatedly calls out, 11, number 11. And you can see Mrs. Toilet at the back of the room absolutely disgusted. She's furious, because that's what she wanted. That pack didn't come with 11s, apparently. Yeah. But like you said earlier, he could have just said, you know, 11 blue, or use a different colour, but then obviously... They hadn't, they hadn't thought this through. Well, they didn't Too think. Well. They didn't think Mrs. Doyle was going to be such a stickler. I bet she has the same lottery numbers every month, every just week. Eleven. Yeah. Just six eleven. <laughs> eleven. <laughs> eleven. Eleven. She never wins. No, exactly. Um, there was that bit in The Simpsons, of course, when uh, they won the lottery and they couldn't afford to do the lottery that week, <laughs> and oh, their numbers came out. And Ken Brockman said the what was it like the six hundred and seventy thousand dollar jackpot? <laughs> <Jack Bob. laughs> he, he had won the hundred million the last yeah. previous week and still works as a as a newsman for some reason. So as we said, yeah, standing for our national anthem. Have you have you seen what that's a sort of party of the playing the national anthem at the end of discos or club nights or anything? I haven't seen it happen, but I know that it still happens. It does still happen. It is. I find it quite bizarre to be honest. It's yeah. a sort of hangover from a very patriotic era in Irish history yeah. when you know back in the eighties, Ireland was really trying to identify itself as a sort of self. The, yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Self-contained uh, country or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so the national anthem, just like in Britain, the national anthem we play at the end of RT's broadcast. Yeah. But it'll also be in pubs and clubs. Like I've been in pubs in London, mm-hmm. well in Belfast and London actually, where you'd get the dirtiest looks if you didn't stand up for our on the vein. Like you'd, yeah. you'd, like you'd nearly start a fight if you didn't stand to attention. Yeah. Like there was a, I was in a pub in the in the Falls Road. We were doing a play over in. Uh, Cultureland? Cultureland, yeah. yeah. We were doing a play over in Cultureland and we went to the pub across the road and there's this boy just playing uh, songs on acoustic and at the end he played the soldier song and some, some boy at the bar turned around to us all, a group of about 10 or 12 of us. Would you all stand up for your national anthem? <laughs> and it was like, we were a mixed group. Yeah. And it was just that the fact that they were all, you know, okay, realising that diploma- diplomacy might just be the better option here. Just and everyone's just yeah. <laughs> Just but in case. Yeah, in London, Jesus, it, I've gone to pubs in London just purely to watch a Gaelic football match, to watch a troll match, yeah. and they have the national anthem at the start. And Jesus, the place goes deadly silent. It's eerie, like. I've, I've never been... I've been to London a few times, but I've never been in the pub at the end of the night because they close so early. And yeah. by the time I'm looking to go to the pub, I realise there's probably about 10 minutes before it shuts, so I don't get to go. And then you have to go to a club. Uh, I'll just go to bed. Yeah, no, exactly. I'll just go to bed. Forget it. They find out after the raffle's been won, after they fixed the competition, that Father Fiddick has had, tragically had a heart attack. Uh, and after a moment, <laughs> Ted and Dougal realise that uh, that means they can actually keep the car now. Yes. So they're actually quids in. Yeah, they're up. Yeah, they're about to get away with it. But then Jack comes in and, real, and uh, reveals to them that he's doing a trip to the off license. So let's yep. hear what, what happened. Father, take off! <laughs> Father, where did you get the air freshener? Car! Oh, God. Drive the car! Not the new car. Tell me the truth. Have you been drinking? Yes! <laughs> Tell me from the beginning, where did you drive? Chops! Drink! Corner! Saps! Got out! Truck! A truck! Two 
trucks. I love the efficiency of his description. Yeah. Uh, I mean that that's the way every traffic report should be done. Like just yeah. <laughs> cars west. No. Yeah. No. I love that whenever he uh, he he came in. Says, where, where have you been, Father? And he just said, Drive the car! Yeah. <laughs> he, like, he really sort of like uh, sings that line out of him. It's just really nice. And then he says, Tell me the truth, Father. Have you been drinking? And he's just like covered in booze, sitting there with a um, case of beer and all. You're like, Do you really need to ask that, Ted? So, yeah. yeah. He's been drinking. I suppose he has to get the, has to get the full facts, I suppose. Yeah. He was drinking a Powers. Have you seen Powers? I haven't seen Powers in about 15 years. No, I haven't seen that. Powers whiskey. That used to be yeah. My dad uh, drinks that. I think he's having that recently. The Powers whiskey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gives a wee Powers. Yeah. You never really get Powers now. It's all like now it's all Bushmills and yeah. Jimson. Jimson. Both of them have been around for ages, like. But Powers used to be also in those that sort the of bracket. Top tier, yeah. yeah. But no, not so much. They seem very blasé that the car wasn't where they left it when they left it. Yeah, good Raffin. point. Hmm. Didn't, didn't even seem to notice this. Uh, I assume they got a lift home with Austin Purcell, and that's why he was in the house. But yeah. why was there never an investigation as to where this car has disappeared to? And also, if Father Austin drove, as we find out, he someone saw him drive his car into a wall, so uh, he yes. can't drive. So who drove? Yeah, and he's, he's not fully... Well, is he fully insured? Don't know. Insured, t- insured he'll tell us. He'll tell, he'll tell us at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a good point. They didn't notice the car. And you'd think that, given that they'd obviously ripped off the entire island, that there would be... Hightailing it out there. Yeah, so maybe they just ran and, and got out there as soon as they could and not worried about the car so much. So maybe that's what it was. Possibly, possibly. Well, that's them away with it anyway because uh, we're, we're, we're yeah. picking holes in, <laughs> in the plot here. But there was excellent crumple zones in that car. Excellent crumple zones. I mean. Yeah, it was good as long as you weren't in the back seat. True, yeah. true. But if you were in the front seat... Yeah, you're grand. Yeah, and there's per- almost perfect zigzagging. So great uh, engineering there by Rover. Yeah, except for uh, any kids yeah. <laughs> in the back seat. But he did, he, he's, uh, perfect he did, priest car then. He did say um, uh, uh, two trucks, and the way he smashed the cans together, you think, oh no, it's from he's completely crushed. But the two trucks must have just hit one, hit the back of him, and then another one hit the back of him, unless the front of the car is so well manufactured, the truck can hit it. The truck, it's yeah. fine. Um, but I, that's one of the, the, the great visual jokes there as well, where you just realise that, oh no, it doesn't look too bad. Nah, it's completely yeah, destroyed. It's, it's, it's rolled off completely, and uh, Joe doesn't, doesn't reckon it's too bad either. No, sure, he's, he's fine. He's yeah. fine it. It's not too bad, Ted. It's but he bad. never has to sit in the back seat. See, Jack would be sitting in the back seat. Yeah, drinking um, drinking a uh, uh, Vicks uh, Vic vapor rubber, yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> and we briefly get a map of where Craggy Island is. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they show the weather forecast. Oh, and, yes, yes, that's right. Just the peninsula between Galway and Kerry on the Shannon Estuary. Yeah. There's a little island that as far as I'm aware is not on Google Maps no uh, uh, when you see that weather forecast where's Rugged Island did you always uh, they're, they're the opposite of well they're a mirror of Craggy Island so are they on they're maybe on the other side of the island they must be yeah or something like that but yeah they must get terrible weather and terrible tides there they get the brunt of everything yeah. being literally in the middle of the Atlantic by looks like so yeah. um, so it's not surprising then whenever the, the forecaster says we'll probably get rain uh, straight through to July and maybe even August yeah. <laughs> and they're just sitting there getting absolutely soaked well exactly because the roof hasn't been fixed yet so they're just taken to camping on the sofa mm. with waterproofs all over them it's not a very uh, pleasant way to look at the next few no, months is it? it's, uh, it's, uh, you'd think it would be similar to the one um, where I can't remember what episode it is but it ends with them basically going into hibernation in giant cardboard boxes because the, the boiler broke or something like that That's right, so you yeah. think they may as well should have done that but um, unfortunately the, the money's gone because the, the DJ priest has lifted it otherwise his legs may, may get broken so well surely they could have come up with a more creative way to harness all this water it made like a, a theme park a water park or something could have done but you know a, 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 a priest attended the water park sounds a bit Suspect. Well, it could be like the field. They could they could do that. It's a seasonal water park in yeah. the parochial house. Just last till July. <laughs> yeah, just do that. That seems that seems to be all right. Uh, so, what did you think of the episode then? Yourself? Um, I thought it was very. Good. It was very well. Like all of them, they're they're. It's very tight, and you get to see a lot of new characters. Yeah. Um, first and then for the only time, which I quite like because if you were to see, well, most of those characters, if you were to see them over an extended period of time you'd go right well we get what his thing is and he served his purpose and that's it um, but no it was a very good episode and I liked the um, seeing some uh, I guess what you call normal inhabitants of Craig Island who actually attended the disco yes yeah um, 
and they seem to be quite fed up with the whole serious amount of priests on the island in yeah. comparison to the people. It seems to be just some sort of commune where priests just sort of go for a bit of a yeah. to let their hair down. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought it was it was very good. There's a good mix of stuff in there. Not so much violence in this one. I think, no, it wasn't. It wasn't as cartoonish. It was a bit uh, more straight laced, wasn't it? I thought it was interesting that the the whole the whole problem came around not as a result of something that Jack or, or Dougal did. It was Ted um, hitting the, the the car with a hammer. It was him that that done everything because usually it would be the other more zany characters have got him into this and he has to get them out. This time it was all on him. Yeah, it was just, and then it wasn't just that. Then it was his greed that he thought he yeah. oh okay hang on we can make something of this yeah rather than just just have the raffle yeah it would have been alright I mean he started off innocently off he just wanted the roof fixed but uh, yeah he got a bit carried away are you keeping a, a running poll of how many uh, characters have died uh, I wasn't no but uh, there's the, the dancing priest he's dead yes the obituary section we'll have to, we'll have to start that yeah who else have we had so far then so we've had uh, well, we had Jack but that, that was sort of a half one yeah I'd, I'd say that probably wasn't the first time he had died either. I'd say he's he's uh, come back to life many times. He, he's seen the light a lot. I'd say. <laughs> um, but I, there's the um, the priest. I, f- I forget the priest's name, but he always rings in at the or Ted rings at the most inopportune times. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. And he's he is involved in situations where you think he'd definitely be dead, but he somehow manages to survive. I thought there was a class episode. I mm-hmm. don't think it'll be a top five though. Um, when I get to the end of this. It was no. a solid rather than spectacular episode. Yeah, I mean there was the 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 real big point in that episode. I think was the car, the the two cars. How they both got destroyed. Yeah, it's funny because they both look very look very good on TV once you see them actually wrecked. But like I said to you before we started recording, this is one of the episodes as well as maybe the Lent one, which is always on TV. Yeah. I think maybe due to overexposure, it's not one of my favourites either. Um, I think that might have affected my yeah. my my opinion of it as well. That I've been a bit overexposed to it because, uh, like I've mentioned before, that I do this uh, I do this show every uh, every Christmas or thereabouts, mm-hmm. where it's a tribute show to Father Ted, and a lot of it is based on this episode. Yeah. So I'm quite I'm quite familiar with the storyline and everything. But having said that, there was some bits where I did just laugh out loud at stuff I'd forgotten about. Yeah. It was a great episode for Declan Nowney, the director, because there was absolutely brilliant costume design and just yeah. set design. Like uh, Father Finnegan's house, Father Finnegan is our obituary this week. Yes. But his house was wonderfully like with guitars. Yeah, uh, it's, there's a lot of detail that goes into all of them. It's, yeah. Um, it's strange. I don't know if you would get so much out of a one you set in TV shows now. Exactly. Whereas, I guess it's it's probably easier because obviously he's the dancing priest and then there's a boring priest and there's this. So you kind of know, let's throw everything that we can think of that is almost larger in life and cartoonish about this. What would a dancing priest have? And you sort of go, well, they'll have all this. Yeah. Uh, you don't really need to labour too much because you're only going to say it once. So you may as well throw everything you got into it to get a bigger impact on it. Exactly. The waistcoat that uh, the spin master wears. That's yeah. a good waistcoat. I, I, I like that. That's <laughs> yeah, nice. He, he is um, very show businessy in that rural Irish way. Yeah. Like, oh, got, got, a, got to be waistcoat on. Oh, it's going to be great crack. Um, yeah, you could imagine him in a show band or something, couldn't you? Yeah, so, yeah. or playing a, a wagon wheel over and over again. I'm yeah, surprised yeah. if they were to do that now, that would be the one record he had. Just Nathan wheel. Carter's wagon wheel over and over yeah. again, because that pretty much is a national anthem uh, yeah, of well, Ireland these days. I, I don't know what Ireland, rural Ireland's obsession with country music, not even country music, just terrible country music is. T- terrible American country music. Well, uh, country music. Country music is almost parodying American country music, but happy. Yeah, the Donegal country. Yeah. Oh God, it's yeah. mental. Because <laughs> at least in in some American country music, it's quite a sad story involved. Yeah. Whereas this is Hugo Duncan, happy, happy, smiley country music, which just makes you want to kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, yeah. enough. Yeah. It was a good episode. I liked that. Yeah. Well, they got a eight point four on IMDb, and to put that into perspective. Um, Grant onto him eternal rest. The last episode of the first series got eight point one. Mm. The episode with uh, Graham Norton Hell got eight point eight. Mm. So it's not as popular with the fans as the Graham Norton episode, and I would, I would tend to agree with that. I think the that episode was a bit stronger. Yeah, I found that um, the Graham Norton episodes kind of divide people. Some people really like it, and some people hate it oh, because well, Vince, of his absolutely. character. Yeah, but that's that's, that's kind the of the joke, point. Yeah. Where he's because Graham Norton isn't like that. Like when you see him now, when he's like super famous and he has his own cool chat show you kind of think oh he's in Father Dead being that really annoying priest yeah. uh, who's so over the top and I don't know why people don't like those episodes just the whole point is that he's annoying that he, he just drives you mental with yeah. his 
Um, Hyper energy, yeah. <laughs> but the uh, the grant onto on maternal rest. Well, I quite like the end of that episode, where um, uh, Ted uh, does the uh, a bit of the Yeats poem, isn't it? I think. Is it a Yeats poem? I think it is. Um, where he's he's talking. I can't even quote it. Now, I can't remember. But it's. Uh, it's I actually, when I was listening back, I've actually released the episode today, so I'd, I've been listening mm-hmm. to the edit and everything. I didn't actually realise it's not it's not a rhyming poem or anything. No. It's, it's, it seems to just be... I thought he was just practising his ceremony, but I, it possibly is uh, a Yeats poem. It's, it, is, it is a poem. I can't remember if it's Yeats, but it's not uh, It's not for uh, verbatim either. Um, oh, okay. It's bits and pieces, but the poem itself, I think it's a Yeats poem, but it is a really beautiful piece. And yeah. Once I watched the episode when I was younger, and then once I read that poem, I recognised it. Was like, oh, and then I watched the episode again. I was like, "Oh, this is quite, this is quite nice, quite yeah. sad." It, um, it is, and it, it's delivered beautifully. And yeah. the, the the shot of the of the, the gravestones and all, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, the way the ceremony was like the snow falls on the hillsides and on the things. And yeah, yeah so it's, it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. So you've been watching Ted a long time, then, have you? Yeah, yeah. Um, for as long as I remember, my first memory of Father Ted is my dad telling me that Father Ted is dead. Right. Okay. Um, so I was, at, I was at my uncle's house, and he he said to me, uh, uh, "Father Ted's dead, so there'll be no more." And I must have been about six or seven or something. Right. Yeah. So I knew, and I felt really, really sad. I was like, obviously, I could understand death there, but I was like, I was just saddened. It was very sudden, was like, wasn't it? Yeah. I was like, all oh, right, but yeah. So I can't remember the first time watching it, but I remember. Whenever I knew there wasn't going to be any more, so but there wasn't going to be any more anyway. So yeah, say, I, so everyone thinks, oh, good one, not forever. They had no plans, they had no intention to. Um, it's probably for the best as well. Um, yeah, because yeah, there would be clamouring for people to, for yeah. them to do a, a rerun or a Christmas special or you know, yeah. do you know, every band is doing a reunion now. Like they would, they would be under a lot of pressure just to keep just pumping to them out every year. Because I think the only the only uh, further appearance of those characters wasn't some adverts. I think Mrs Doyle appeared in an advert for something. Right. Naughty, naughty. Some of you haven't filled in your tax return yet. Get it in by January 31st. You don't want to be fined, so you'll fill it in. Ah, you will. Oh, yes, you will. You will, 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 And you think it was a bit strange. I don't actually Especially after, I think this was all after he died as well. Okay, But I remember watching it and going, that's a bit in bad taste. You won't appear in a documentary but you'll do an ad yeah mm. that's that's just, just it came into my head when you just mentioned that keeps coming back I just I don't know I'm a bit upset about that but then like I said that's if she doesn't want to appear or um, acknowledge it that's fine yeah I, I just think it's a bit of a shame that she has something yeah. she, she has sort of that mm-hmm. it might be just you know because she was trying to get shameless and everything at the time and yeah. she was trying to do other stuff that maybe she was just trying to please just stop talking to me for the and need to concentrate on this or else I'm, I'm going to be you know signing on for the rest of my life yeah. like. he's the Daniel O'Donnell the Pat, uh, Pat McDonnell is the actor that plays him uh, Owen McLove Owen McLove yeah anytime he's a stand up comic and uh, anytime he does a show it's Father Ted's Owen McLove Pat McDonnell he's like right okay and he has that whole thing where it's like I've no willy and he, he gets that over and over again. Does he, right? Because uh, I have actually seen him do stand-up. My friend was doing a stand-up down in Oma. Mm-hmm. And uh, Owen McLove, what was his name? Pat McDonald. Pat McDonald. Uh, yeah, he was the headliner. And yeah. Jared, my friend, hopefully I'm going to get him on the mic at some point. But uh, he was um, he was saying, yeah, we can't mention Father Ted. Yeah. I don't know if he just assumed he couldn't. or if He it, said, that was specifically said not yeah. to. Um, it's him and... Um, uh, the cool priest. I keep forgetting all their names. Yes, um, he's stand up as well. As well didn't um, and he so usually um, if they get one of them, they'll get the other, and then they're on the bills like Father Father Ted special. And you can kind of feel for them in a way, but on the other hand, you're like, well, you know, you may as well if it's getting your shows and it's you're getting paid for. Well, it, the two of them actually you know. showed up in wrestling. I was going to bring it up uh, with uh, Father Demo. Oh yes, I heard about this. Yeah, yeah. they did the. Um, it's on YouTube and everything, so I'm going to be watching it. And yeah, doing yeah. It they they turned up and did a whole a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and Father Stone turns up with them. Yeah. So, but it it is actually very parallel to your wrestlers post WWF career yeah. is that's what they'll do they'll go around like these little towns and do like a tiny show yeah. living off their past glory they were in character as well weren't they I, I think? think so yeah I haven't actually seen it but um, I remember hearing about that and went I just it, it sounded like a weird dream that you would have yeah like, why are these characters in this wrestling yeah no I heard about I that imagine you're not mm-hmm. you're just there to see a, a local wrestling yeah. show like Father Stone <laughs> Father, Father Demo comes around with a steel chair and <laughs> smacks somebody across <laughs> 
Uh, I do just want to mention um, the change between in sort of Irish culture between the last series of for, last episode of the first series mm-hmm. and the first episode of the second series. A lot of stuff had actually happened in Ireland, and it's things like uh, the divorce referendum had went through. The it was the end of the Charlton era in the football. Uh, so Jack Charlton had, res- had retired as the national team manager. The last Magdalene, Magdalene Asylum closed between right. the two series of Father Ted. That is mental. Yeah. Uh, you, you, like when I think of them, I think of nineteen fifties. To think yeah, they're yeah. actually on in the in the nineteen nineties. Still that point. Uh, there was the string of Eurovision competitions was continuing. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about that in more depth in a few weeks when we do the Eurosong episode. Uh, and then also Ballycus Angel started. Oh. Right. Yeah. So it's, so Irish perception uh, across well from now is getting much more confident, much more yeah. positive. Compared to what it had been right up until the early nineties, where it was just yeah. you know, is the backwards, is the third world of Europe, Ireland yeah. living sort of considered as. So um, like, it must have been like it was just a, a perfect storm of a the fact it was a great show, yeah. and b it was coming in on this wave of you know good feeling or good yeah, will towards Ireland. Ireland, yeah, because uh, you had you also had stuff like the cores and you know yeah. the U two river dance and river dance, and all that, yeah. yeah. Like it was, you know, everyone loved being Ireland Irish at that point. Yeah, and yeah. Whereas you know, ten years before, if you were Irish in England, you were, you know, it wasn't a good a good time for you. Got, it's it's not beyond the possibility that the like the MI6 would have been in your flat just checking to see you haven't got any guns hidden somewhere yeah. when you were out. Like I have heard a lot of stories of people coming home and they re- didn't notice their books had been rearranged. It's like that's yeah. not the way I left that. And I've heard Weird. that from different sources. And so like it it must have been. You know, it must have just got the crest of that wave, yeah. and that's what sort of put it on a higher pedestal. Like if, maybe if it hadn't got such high ratings, it wouldn't be. We wouldn't still be talking about it now. Yeah. I've got a second series, but yeah, it seemed to come around at the at the right time. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll wrap it up there then, um, and just say that as I said, this per- perfect episode, solid episode. Yeah, but I don't think it'll be a top five contender. No, no, yeah. I don't think so. It's um, it's good. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's not. It's not one of the ones really, apart from as I said, the car where someone goes, "Do you remember the the, the raffle episode?" or "Do you remember?" Not really. There's there's other episodes that come to people's mind yeah, more whenever sure. they think of Father Ted. Or well, next week actually it will probably be one of those, and it will be our first roadshow because I will be in London, so Ooh. we'll be recording in London and just trying to finalise the guess for that. But it is about the uh, three bishops and the Holy Stone of Crown Record, ah, yes. and that is a Stone Cold classic. So I can't wait to chat to yes. those. Uh, chat to a few comedy writers in London about that um, but uh, thanks very much for joining us uh, no Marcus. problem uh, so as I said July 20th July 20th for Wonder Frog and on July 30th I am guest on Lorca McGreen's show uh, he's doing a show about uh, what he finds in charity shops and uh, that would be of interest to Father Ted fans because he's from Monaghan oh, he's okay. kind of trapped in Monaghan and he uh, has to go around to try and entertain himself with what's there so a, a, a raffle for a car probably would be on, on the books okay, on agenda. it's about what, what he finds in, in various charity shops in uh, rural Ireland and some of the things he finds are very odd Oh, okay. So I'll be a guest on that, and that's on the thirtieth. Podcast, is it? Uh, it's a live show. We might record it. I don't know what way it's going to work, but it'll be in the black box. Oh, okay. And right, so. the following day, I believe that me and Rory Wood and a bunch of other comedians are going to sit and watch Footloose in the black box. Okay. And we're we're going to offer a commentary on it. That's right, like mystery science, mystery science theater three exactly. sort of idea. Oh, yeah. very good. So very we good. Ha- I haven't seen this this film because I refuse to watch Footloose. So this will be my first viewing. So you'll, you you'll get my uh, unfiltered views on what I think of that. Perfect, perfect. Well, uh, I look forward to that then, and uh, thanks very much for for coming all the way down thanks here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, perfect, and hopefully we'll have you again if we have enough episodes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and thanks also to Ash for coming down here with his tech desk. It meant mm-hmm. uh, it meant getting the clips and everything. We're on iTunes now, so give us a rating and review uh, and try and get us up the listing so we can get more people involved. And thanks very much for, for keeping with us, and bless you.